0: Hey everyone, this is Mel, and welcome to Freedom Unfolding, the podcast. I am super excited to be with you all today, and I am writing solo today, so I'm excited to share with you all, and I would say I'm excited to share the topic today. um, Frankly, that's not the word I'm looking for. I am looking forward to um, what your feedback is and looking forward to hearing whether or not you got something out of this. Uh, Imposter syndrome is our topic today. And the title is called How to Go from Imposter to Supernatural. And where I thought I'd start is with the definition of imposter syndrome. And so it's defined as a feeling of being a phony, the fear of being found out and that maybe you're a fraud, believing the lie. That you are not as competent as others think you to be. And you know, when I was researching for this particular topic, um, I found a really good definition on Wikipedia. So I'm gonna share that with you all. Wikipedia defines imposter sy- syndrome as a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments or talents and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and they do not deserve all they have achieved. Individuals with imposterism, that's another word for it, incorrectly attribute their success to luck or interpret it as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent than they perceive themselves to be. While early research focused on the prevalence among high achieving women, imposter syndrome has been recognized to affect both men and women equally. Wow, that is a mouthful. So first of all, let's talk about the fact that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their life, usually in their career and or business. And this can be linked to social status as well. And so imposter syndrome has been this topic. First of all, it's been around since the 70s. It was when it was identified. But here we are in 2020. And this is beginning to affect people in the corporate world, in the business world, in the um, entertainment district, in that industry as well. And so... I'm starting to see people who seem confident on the outside, but actually in the inside they're questioning themselves and they're beginning to doubt themselves. And as I was doing my research for this, there was a woman that kept coming up and her name is Valerie Young. And she wrote this book called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women why capable people suffer from imposter syndrome and how to thrive in spite of it. She also has a TED talk where she talks about this specific subject as well. And in her book, she actually lists five different types of imposter syndrome. And so there's the five are the perfectionist, the superwoman or Superman, the natural genius, the soloist and the expert, And when I first saw these titles, I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm definitely a perfectionist. And I do have this hero complex, so maybe I'm a superwoman. And I also, you know, I believe that I've been gifted since I was a kid. So natural genius sounds like maybe that's the one that I struggle with as well. And the soloist, that's someone who always believes that they need to do something by themselves because they can't rely upon other people. And then there's the expert um who is actually an expert, but they don't like using that word because they don't want to be labeled as the expert in fear of letting everyone down. And so I looked at all these titles because I myself identify as someone who has struggled and sometimes still struggle with imposter syndrome. And so I went through this list and I'm like, OK, well, which one am I? And there are some questions that you can ask yourself to help you identify which of these that you, ident- that you are connected to. And so I thought this would be a great exercise for us to do. Um, so if you're listening, maybe grab a pen or a paper or just make note of this for yourself and um, see if any of these questions ring true or if you have answers to them or or they fit into something that uh, maybe that you're struggling with as well. So the first question is, you hate missing the mark and feeling like a failure. The second one is, you feel like you have to constantly earn the title you already have. The third one is you hate trying new things because you're not good at them. The fourth question is you hate asking for help and feel the need to accomplish things on your own. And then the fifth question is you're always finding more courses to take and feel as if you can never learn enough. What a list. In fact, when I was getting prepared for this, there's actually several other questions, but I chose to go ahead and pick five questions that correlate with the five different personality types for um, this particular issue. And so when I read through this list, First of all, I identified with all of them. I'm like, yes, I definitely at some point in time have had to think to myself, I can't rely upon people. I have to do everything for myself. You know, that's the soloist. Or I'm in this never ending need to learn things, you know, always being in school and never quite feeling like an expert because there's always so much more to learn, which is not really a bad thing, but you can definitely get stuck in the learning and trying to identify how to do something before you actually deliver it to the world, which can be stifling. And then I've also struggled with um, not trying new things because I'm like, well, I'm not going to be good at that. Well, why would I even try it or setting the goals too high and missing the mark and then feeling like a failure? So you're almost self-sabotaging yourself. Because you set these standards that are so high for yourself that it's almost impossible to achieve them. And so this made me kind of sit back and think like, yeah, this is definitely something that I have struggled with and currently still do struggle with. And if you are still struggling with which one of these that you identify with, um, here are some other characteristics of those who struggle with imposter syndrome. And so the first one is self-doubt, overachievement. Criticizing your performance, fear of not living up to expectations, fear of not living up to others' expectations, attributing your success to external factors, and setting almost impossible goals and beating yourself up when you fall short. Again, that's self-sabotage. So these are some other characteristics as well to help identify whether or not you struggle with imposter syndrome. And so obviously um, there are some causes, you know, this didn't just start in your adulthood. This is definitely linked back to your, most of the time it's linked back to your family of origin. So it's almost always the case that something happened in your household and how you grew up to help contribute to the fact that you feel or struggle with imposter syndrome today. And so um, just to share a little bit about even how I grew up, I grew up in a household where in order for me to be seen, I either had to perform or do something bad. So I chose, of course, to perform rather than doing something bad, because doing something bad pretty much led to an ass beating. So I didn't want to get the spanking. And I didn't want to get punished. So I would always try to perform to get acknowledged and to be seen and to feel validated. And that was my way of receiving love. And that was when love was given to you was when you did something good and it had to be perfect. And so as a kid, I was involved in every single extracurricular activity that I could find. And always strive to be number one at it because I didn't want to be on the opposite end where I was in trouble and trying to, um, you know, avoid the beating and avoid being yelled at. Because if you weren't perfect or you were being yelled at, you were being judged, you were being criticized or maybe even ridiculed at the same time. And so that's how I grew up. So imagine now as an adult. In order for me to be able to be seen and to feel like I'm loved and to feel like I'm validated, I've got to perform. And that translated over into corporate America, where I was so high achieving that climbing the ladder was never high enough for me. I could never get to the point where I was going to be satisfied because I was still that little girl who was trying to seek love from her family by being the best and being number one and not getting in trouble. And so of course now that i have identified like okay this is the problem not to say that i don't struggle with imposter syndrome still but now i'm able to step back and be able to say okay what's happening here am i being perfect am i being the superwoman am i being the soloist Um, do i have a problem asking for help from others and so being able to identify now as an adult where I'm struggling at truly helps me overcome some of this imposter syndrome um, and helps me identify some of the triggers as an adult. And so hopefully what I'm sharing with you right now rings true for you. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, that you're starting to think about, okay, well, how did I grow up? what were the ways that I received love? Did I fear being seen? Did I want to be seen? But I felt like I had to do something in order to get acknowledged in order to be seen. Um, And so just to give you an example of how this translates today. And again, I'm not an expert at this. So please, I'm I'm not at the point where I'm writing a book about how to overcome imposter syndrome. But I want to share what happened recently because I have a business coach. And as I was being onboarded by this coach and being interviewed, actually, um, she asked me a very important question because I started to share with her how I struggled with imposter syndrome. And she asked me, she goes, okay, well, you used to work in corporate America and now you're in the entrepreneurial world. She goes, did you struggle with this problem when you were in corporate America? And I paused and I thought to myself, no, I did not have this problem in corporate America because I was so confident and good at what I did. When I walked through the doors, I knew that the company that I was working for not only needed me, they needed 10 of me. And I was so confident and it didn't matter what position I was in. If there was an office, if there was a building, if there was a task to be accomplished, I can guarantee you that No, it didn't matter what level I entered into that company, I could start at the bottom and work my way up to the top and it would take a hot second. That's how confident I was. And then I left corporate America and I started my own business. And that completely shifted my perception now because not only was I an entrepreneur, which I had never been before, but now I'm working in an industry that basically you, In order for you to be able to help your clients, you have to have gone through something, have to have overcome it, and then be able to share how you've overcome your personal issue. And so I never had to be vulnerable. I never had to be open and honest to really share my personal story in corporate America. I could put the mask on and put the cape on and show up like Superwoman. But now in this industry, that's not my, that's not my mat. I'm not wearing the mask anymore. I don't need the cape. I need to just show up and be my authentic self. And so being able to actually discover my identity was something that I've had to do in the entrepreneurial world, which, of course, I thought, why would I need to? worry about my identity as an entrepreneur, but the two go hand in hand, because whatever it is that you are passionate about, whatever it is that you feel like your purpose is or that you are called to do, that's what feeds and fuels your fire for you to be able to help others. So if you can't identify with what your pain is, then how are you going to help others with their pain as well so that was brand new for me and so when she intuitively identified and asked me that question I was like no this imposter syndrome is something new for me so I had to humble myself and take a step back and give myself more grace and not be such the overachiever as I was used to being Um, and there's this I, I know I'm sure you guys have heard of FOMO fear of missing out But there's this other acronym that I heard um, from a gentleman that I follow on LinkedIn. His name is Simon Grainer. And he, I guess he coined the term because I can't find it anywhere else. And so the first time I heard it was from him. But he came up with the term phobot, fear of being out there. And I immediately identify with that because I don't want to be out there. Because if I'm out there, people are going to identify that I have no idea what I'm talking about. Why would I be expected to help clients overcome issues that I'm still dealing with? And so there was this huge fear that I had of stepping into this role as a holistic practitioner when I had just entered the game. And not only that, um, one of the things that I do is um, I have a video of um, cart reading video that I post. on. Um, if you follow me on social media, that's um, you got coach Mel on instagram and i do card readings every monday and so when i first started this card reading at the end of last year first the video was only just of the cards and then someone said to me you know we'd really like to see you on camera and i just froze i'm like why would i have to be on camera and it took a few months for me to get to the point where i was on camera and So fear of being out there is definitely something that I still struggle with today. And uh, people tell me, they go, we love your videos. You look like such an expert and I can't um, accept that label because that's not how I feel. Um, and, And when I share this with people, they're like, but you're so good at it. We thought you were always doing it. I'm like, no, you all have no idea the struggle and the preparation that I go through just to be able to go on video, we're just talking a recorded video, let's not count the fact that sometimes I do a live video. So the preparation for live videos is even more than the recorded videos. And so the fear of being out there is directly related to imposter syndrome. Because when you're on video, and when you're live, it's really hard to hide who you are, because. If you're in this particular industry, people pick up on energy. And so I'm always afraid that they're going to see that I'm not an expert. They're going to see. And again, like I was reading the definition earlier, that is not true. It's a lie that we're believing for ourselves. Um, And so phobot is something that I wanted to share with you because I love that term. I've shared it with other people. So I'm sharing it with you. Fear of being out there. The other acronym that I want to share with you all, again, which is not mine, but I love Brene Brown and I love her work, and she has a podcast called Unlocking Us that she just started earlier this year, but I remember in her first episode, she came up with the term and coined the term FFT, fucking first time, so excuse my language, but fucking first time, FFT is a term that she coined to describe how she started her podcast because it was the first time that she was doing a podcast and that's how she felt she didn't feel like the expert here she is she's written several books she's world renowned people all over the globe know who she is and yet she still had that fear because she was doing something new and for the first time So I give you these two acronyms to see if they are something that you may associate with as well, a fear of being out there, a fear of being seen or the FFT, the fucking first time, because with um, people who struggle with imposter syndrome, um, it's not always true, but sometimes one of the personality types identified earlier is that people don't try new things because they're new in it and they are afraid of failing but the FFT, I may, they may identify with FFT or the people who don't want to try something new because they have a fear of being out there and not being the expert. And so those are two different acronyms that I want to leave you with as well. And I love to hear your feedback to see if you identify with either one of those, because I know both of those, (laughs) excuse me, I will remember until the day I die because they definitely rung true for me. And so I wanted to share, um, I had someone recently send me an email and um, I'm surprised because I didn't think of myself as someone that uh, they would ask this advice to, but they asked for advice because they had been trying to find their purpose and they're not someone who typically is out there on social media and out in the world. But they have a message to share and they have a medicine that they want to be able to give to people. And they recently had been asked to um, do a training. um, And this training was going to take place on Facebook Live. Immediately, my heart stopped (laughs) and I felt for them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Facebook Live. Ooh, Let me pray for you. But when they sent me this email talking about the class that they had been asked to teach and it was going to be on Facebook Live, their question to me was, how do you do it? How do you overcome the fear of being like out in the world and being on video? And so, first of all, I was honored to even receive that email that someone would ask me that question as if I am the expert. But um, I'll share with you what I share with them. I go, first of all, if someone's asking you to do something and to share your medicine with the world, There's no way possible that they think of you as a fraud. They are probably thinking of you as an expert and that you have the skills and the training and the experience to bring your message out to the world. And so that's first and that's foremost and that's key. The second thing I want to bring up is let's just face our fears. And I share it with them that I just do it scared every time. You know, I love the um, Nike mantra which is just do it and so that's what i do i just do it but i just do it scared and but there's some preparation and things that i do ahead of time to get ready for when i'm about to present on a new topic or even for this podcast getting ready i have to present and study and research and and do my rituals before i got ready to actually record this and so i'll share with you all also what i share with them if you're taking notes And so the first thing I do is meditate and pray. And meditation is something I do daily. And um, so I do that daily in the morning, but I also do it right before I'm about to go on as I do a quick meditation. It's not very long. It's just one to two minutes so that I can clear my head of everything else that has happened that day and to also clear my head of the lies and the limiting beliefs that I have that are buried deep down in the back of my head because I have no room for them when I am trying to either coach other people, rather be in person or online. And so being able to meditate and clear my mind is key. The next thing I do is um, I listen to, and I don't do these all in order. You know, I don't do them all. I have like six things on this list. I don't do all six every time I pick and choose. Um, But the second thing that I do is often I'll listen to high or low frequency music. 432 megahertz is the frequency of love. And so sometimes I'll go on Spotify or YouTube and I'll find a video or um, a track to listen to where I can now match my frequency with the frequency that I'm trying to match for the show or video that I'm doing. And so that's one thing I do. The other thing that I do is I light sage and incense to be able to clear the space and get it prepared for whatever I'm stepping into. Um, Crystals are a huge part of what I do. In fact, I'm wearing crystals right now. And so I'll make sure that I have crystals on my person somewhere. Sometimes I just hold them in my hand. Um, Using singing bowls and chanting is also something else that I do. Um, And I love the vibrations of the singing bowls and even just the chanting myself out, like even before this podcast, I chanted om six different times so that I could feel that vibration now aligning in my, in my, from my root to the crown so that I can get an alignment with what it is that source wanted me to share with you all. Um, Essential oils is also something that I use as well, rubbing them on. I even make a spray, a blend of holy water. Moon water, essential oils, fractionated coconut oil, putting them all together and putting it in a spray bottle and I'll just spray it in the air, spray it on my person as well. And then the last thing that I want to mention is spirit guides. And I have a spirit guide team that I work with. And I don't know if you're familiar with spirit guides, but spirit guides are who I connect to. Because we each have spirit guides, it may be people that have passed on from your family that have come back as spirit, as spirits to be able to connect with you, or it may be other spirits out there. There are different archangels, there are different Greek gods that you can connect to. But if you don't have a spirit guide team, I invite you to go ahead and meditate and pray about who is with you and who is guiding you. And take some time to connect to your spirit guide because when I tell you that if you want to be supernatural at what you do and you still are holding on to that fear of being out there or that fear of it being the first time, when you partner with spirit to be able to do the work that you are called to do, I kid you not, your alignment with your soul's purpose will open up doors that you can never humanly naturally do yourself. And so being able to take the time to connect with spirit and see what they're trying to tell you is also the key to being successful in what it is, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So that's your that's if, if you didn't hear anything else on my list, that's the one thing that I want you to take away from this is to connect with your spiritual guides for supernatural success because you are the co-creator. So you can do this in your own human skin, or you can connect with spirit or source or God or whoever it is that you connect to so that you can align with your purpose. Because I know that you all each have a gift and you have this medicine that you need to share. And what I'm hoping that you get from what I've shared this whole time is that imposter syndrome is a thing. Some of us struggle with it our entire lives. Some of us struggle with it for a season, but it's something that we all need to not only address, but overcome so that we can fully step into our gifts. So I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, and so these things that I listed offer things to help me stay grounded, to get centered so that I can get out of my head and into my body. And that. That's key because I don't know about you, but I have a very busy mind and it can talk to me and it can talk positive things to me, but it can also talk negativity and lies to me. And so being able to get out of my head and connect to my body because we are humans at the end of the day, but we can supernaturally connect to spirit to be able to align with our purpose. Being able to get centered and grounded is so important because when I can now get out of my mind. And connect to my body it now relaxes my body which makes me feel at ease it makes me feel peaceful it makes me feel calm and more importantly it makes me feel confident in what it is that i am trying to overcome and accomplish and so i share with you all again these are some of the things that i did even right before doing this podcast and so i know i've shared a lot of tips with you today but i want to share just a few more tips And I'm calling these Mel's Helpful Tips for Imposter Syndrome. And so there's five different tips that I'm going to share with you just to close out our time together. And so the first tip is continue to say yes. I'm assuming that if you have a fear, it's either because you have said yes in the past, you're thinking about saying yes in the future, or you have in the present just said yes to something that you may feel that you're not ready for. And so um, Shonda Rhimes wrote a book called Her year is a year of yes, how to dance it out, stand in the sun and be your own person. And I read that book and I loved it. And if you don't know who Shonda Rhimes is, she is the creator of Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder. But she talked about her year when um, she would say yes to everything because typically she was someone who said no because of her fear and maybe even imposter syndrome. She doesn't use that term in the book, but I can only think into myself that, man, in the industry that she's in, I can only imagine that she probably struggled with that at some point. And so there was a year where she said yes to everything. And that year opened up so many doors for her. And so I don't know if 2020 is your year for yes, it may not even have to be a whole year. But maybe take a season just to say yes to whatever op- opportunities or doors open for you. So that's my first tip is to continue to say yes. The next tip I want to give to you is to let go of perfectionism. I heard this term before and I love it. And so I use it all the time and it is done is better than perfect, which helps me because I am a recovering perfectionist. I'm also Virgo. And so for the rest of the Virgos out there, I know that you're also perfectionist and you're very analytical and you can struggle with analysis paralysis and never actually get to accomplishing something because you're so afraid of it not being perfect but sometimes done is better than perfect. I won't say all the time, but most of the time done is better than perfect. And so get over your FFT and just do it and make adjustments along the way. And the third tip is enjoy the process and watch the progress. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm someone who likes to do things right the first time, skipping the whole process and the progress. And it's a journey. And As much as I love learning, I don't always love the journey of learning and growing. But through this journey and progress of you shifting and adjusting to the change and the times, and we've all had to do that, especially with COVID and quarantine these days. But sometimes you just have to have fun and laugh at your own self and then go back and look and celebrate your wins. I recently had to do that and I was so impressed with some of the things that I had accomplished that it made me think like, oh, my gosh, I'm not an FF tier." you know, I've done this many times and people are just like, you've never done videos. I'm like, oh, I guess I have done videos. And so being able to go back and look at the, your own work that you have accomplished is also something that will help you celebrate your own wins and don't beat yourself up. Baby step this process if you need to, but at least you're stepping And so the fourth key is or tip that I want to leave with you is to give yourself grace and space. Stop being so hard on yourself. You do not have to be perfect. In fact, people will probably give you more grace than you give grace to yourself. And so maybe learn from them and learn to allow yourself to make mistakes and then learn from those mistakes so that the next time that you do something, now you can be a little better. And then don't be afraid to talk about it. Once I started talking about this syndrome and how I feared and struggled, it really helped me to relax and have to and not have to be so perfect. And so I offer that up to you as well, just to be open about it. And then the very last tip, the fifth one, is to release the need to complain and compare Now, I know we're all on social media and we look at other people who are doing similar things and they may be so much more successful and accomplished than we are, but we can't compare our journey to someone else's. And so I'm not going to go as far to say don't go on social media because you may need it for what you're doing, but it doesn't help. And so it doesn't help for you to compare yourself to someone else. And so you are an individual. And so keep that in mind give yourself the great the grace that you need and don't compare yourself to others they are living up to their calling so you do you boo boo and live up to your calling all right yes so that's what I have to share with you and I'm gonna go over that list one more time real quickly Um, the first one is continue to say yes number two is let go of perfectionism number three is enjoy the process and watch the progress Number four is give yourself the grace and space. And number five is release the need to complain and compare. All right. That is all I have for you. I truly hope that you got something out of this podcast. If you have any questions or just want to share, please feel free to send us an email at freedomunfolding@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also check us out and please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're also on LinkedIn. And then I invite you to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast because I'm a part of a phenomenal group of women. And so we all take turns each week um, recording these podcasts. And so um, this week is me, but next week will be somebody different. And so I, I encourage you to subscribe so that you don't miss out on some of the good information that is shared from these phenomenal women. And so you can subscribe to us on Anchor, on Spotify, on Google, on Apple and on YouTube. All right. Listen, it has been my absolute pleasure to share with you all today. And I would like you to go ahead and take care. God bless. And I'll talk to you next time.